weekend i don't know i thought it was pretty great i laughed a lot yeah i'm excited about top two an hour two where we bring you things that we are obsessing about and it's happening it's happening now right now give him the old one two and now the weekly dish presents top two top two the top two pick your best two in our two all right give me two with him with him all right. All right. We just got a text or a tweet, actually, oh, from John, who is an avid Weekly Dish listener who is traveling in Sedona, and they want to know if we have any can't-miss restaurant suggestions. A funny thing is, is I've been there twice. Kurt is actually there right now. There's this thing, and people maybe don't know this if you don't like camp, but they it's called um, uh, BLM Lands. And yeah. it stands for, I don't know, the Bureau, Bureau of Land, Land Management. Management, not Black Lives Matter. Like right. they said the funny mistake in the uh, that HBO show. Uh, so these Bureau of Land Managed Lands are places that are owned by the government, but you can camp free camp. So Kurt is in Sedona on some Bureau of Land Management campground, not campground. It's just literally nothing. It's a dirt road. Okay. Um, And he was texting me last night from this. He's also stayed in a Love's parking lot where he uh, was, the door was knocked on by a lady of the evening. Wait, is this top two an hour two? What are we doing? I I was just, because someone had tweeted us and said, do we have any restaurants recommendations for Sedona, Arizona, which we don't. But thank you for listening, John, anyway. (laughs) And now we're going to do the top two, which we already played the music. Yeah, we're good. Okay, I'm going to tell you one. I'm going to start. You go. Love that olive maple grove. I did a book signing there last week. Terry is the owner of the store. I just have to say how much I learned from her about olive oil, yes, but they made five of the recipes from my cookbook and they substituted butter and olive oil with their olive oils for all the flavorings. Oh, so smart. they made the apple salad I have with wild rice, but they used a maple olive oil. They also um, made what was the other? They made five things. They did a um uh the a cake and they used uh vanilla flavored olive oil instead of butter. Mm. And what people maybe don't know is if you are vegan, you can substitute these olive oils huh. for butter. That's interesting. And she had a like I'd like to actually have her on. I think because sure. she had a ratio of sort of how to do it. I was gonna say this feels like there are things. There's a little tech involved. Yeah, but. I just like a being at the store and signing the books and meeting our customers was great. B learning all about the olive oils was great. C I brought home a mango balsamic vinaigrette 
And my husband cannot eat balsamic. So this is purely for my edification. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Really? I just, I made salad dressing with it. I used it to amp up a little guacamole that I had left over that needed a little acid. It was just fruity and delightful. I just had a great time at Love That Olive Maple Grove. Terry does a good job. Nice. Good job. Well done. All right. So my first one is going to be Blondette and Meow Meow, which is at the top of the Rand Tower Hotel. And it is the new Daniel Del Prado uh, restaurant. It looks very sexy. Yeah. It was all over the grams, I'm sure, for everybody who went because it was just packed with influencers and you know, food people and everything else over the previews last few days, but it is open officially as of yesterday and it is in downtown Minneapolis. And if you're looking for something that's a little bit kind of different than, you know, uh, all the rest of his, I will say, you know, you kind of get into that vibe with Makanda and Josefina and, you know, Kalita with all the plants and all these feelings. This one is a little bit more electric and it's, it's kind of fun. And so this is his sort of take on a French, you know, kind of a punky French cuisine is what I want to say. Like he calls, they call it the punk French girl, you know, and Blondette is, um, is just at the, at the fifth floor, you get off, there's, you walk in, there's a little, there's a great cool deco looking bar that's called the Meow Meow and there's cocktails and everything else. And then the restaurant itself is under it's got like a glass roof so you can see the sky. That's cool. Yeah. And so this is, I think, a really good idea. If you if you did, you know, the Rand Hotel relaunched during the, you know, just after the pandemic or like in the middle of it. And they had been working on it for years. And then it relaunches this whiskey club. And it was just sort of, it was not it is what it was. And I think this is a really nice redo of that space. Okay. So that's what I'm going to say. Give it a, give them a shot. Okay. Here is my second one. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know what they, they call it a poblano, a stuffed poblano quesadilla, I think, on the menu. Okay. But this is at Hope Breakfast Bar in West End. And it is a tortilla that has been griddled on top of a bed of cheese. So the cheese, like, is all on the outside of the tortilla. Yep. Then it is stuffed with a crispy hash brown and a poblano that has also been stuffed with cheese. And then it's folded over, and then there's two fried eggs on top. Yeah. It is really good. That is, that sounds super delicious. I just loved the poblano. I love a poblano anyway, and I love to stuff pepper. It was a great breakfast item. It was huge. I ate half and brought half home. But it was something unusual that I hadn't seen on a menu before in a breakfast treatment like that, and I thought it was really good. Okay. I love it. All right, my second one is going to be a thing that you guys often call us about or wondering about, and I always feel like I'm behind the eight ball when the questions come on it, but I had just a gorgeous thing of French onion soup. Yum. And it, St. Paul Grill? Nope. Meritage. Uh, oh, yes. Second, yes. Sitting at the Meritage Bar and having a beautiful crock of French onion soup with that perfect cheese situation that kind of just oh, was like hanging over the thing. La Terrasse and the Sofitel. But I'm just saying like we often, you know, it's like, I mean, and I know I remember Belcour used to have one when mm-hmm. it was in Wayzata and that was the closest thing to where I was like, you know, and then now it's kind of like, where do you go? And I'm, I'm a little bit, that. I'm a little bit bummed that there's like not one closer to me, quite honestly, if I have to drive. And I'm sure there is, but like, the idea of the French onion tube at Meritage with a glass of champagne, like like the beautiful, that. beautiful bubbles. Just go in and say, I'll sit down and then say, I'll have a glass of champagne and they will pour you a beautiful glass. Oh. And 
there's and having this crock of French onion soup, there is nothing better, especially if you're solo dining. Like if you're just you by yourself, you need to kill some time. You want to just go and be treated well. Talking about service like we did before. This is they have service down and they're only open Thursday through Sunday. But I'm telling you, it is a marvelous moment. It is a moment for yourself if you want one. Yum. I do want one and I kind of want it right now. You know, Not open for lunch or brunch anymore. So there's that's too bad for you. But there's that. So. Um, okay. And I would just, I had a great thing to tell you. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. We're still in allergy season, apparently. Yeah. Um, there is a place, and I think I may have told you about it, but I want to tell you again because I just did a podcast with them yesterday. And it's Sip and Bloom. And what you do is you go to distilleries and breweries and places and you make flower arrangements. And David Kissan is the guy that runs it. And he is so delightful. Yeah. Like just his person. I wanted to like wrap him up and put him in my pocket and carry him around with me because he just makes the world seem like a better place. Nice. And they do flower arrangements, but they're also doing wreaths. And like pots, you know how people have the holiday pots for the front of their house. Yeah. He just released his November schedule and the it looked really great. I was really impressed and I'm hoping I can do one. So it's Sip and Bloom. You can find them online at Instagram or they have a website too and you can sign up. Cool. Super fun. Nice. All right. So okay. does that bring us to the uh, drinkity drinks section? Yeah. That We're going to talk about dry ice because we need to talk about dry ice. Oh. Yeah. We're yes. going to give a little 101 because I know that people want to do spooky stuff. So stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. We're looking forward to that. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. All right, everybody. I know it's Halloween season. And so everybody. What? Is, it's Halloween season. It's mummy wieners it's and mummy wieners and boo balls and witchy fingers and all the rest. And a lot of people are thinking about they're going to parties tonight or maybe they're like, you know, thinking about doing cocktail roadies for over the next couple of days, like with their kids. I know the walktails. Walktails. A roadies makes it sound like you're driving. Does it? Yeah, I feel so like walking I like... on road makes me feel like I'm just walking on a road. Okay. But I mean, I get it. Yeah. I'm not telling you to drive. I know. Let's be clear. But I do think that it's interesting that there's a lot of, there are a lot of parties. And I think that people, it's funny when I was looking for batch cocktails that, you know, want to like for recipes we want to put up, I always want to just have spiced cider hit with whiskey or apple brandy. And so what you were talking about the Pomo earlier, that's a yeah, lovely way. milk and honey cider. Yeah. And so put it in, um, you know, I actually have some apple brandy from Tattersall. So I might put that in some cider or, you know, and just sort of have boosted up like that or just put some ice in it, drink it like that. Um, but nonetheless, there's all this stuff that where people are talking about, like, they're like, oh, for it's an easy party trick to use dry ice. It's not that easy. <laughs> and not recommended that you put that, like, in your drinks, really, is it? Well, and this is the thing, is like, it's, it's not all the same, and so it's kind of like, I want to, and so I was looking at where do you find dry ice, even, and there is a place in town called Central McGowan, and they sell dry ice, and they have like a dry ice 101 on their uh, on their thing. And so they're talking about it, and they're basically saying that not all dry ice is the same, um, you know, and that there's a lot of different ways. Dry ice, you know, is is the solid form of carbon dioxide gas, or CO2 for short. So just okay. so that we're in understanding what dry ice is stored in portable, insulated, plastic line, you know, totes and stuff um 
But they want to think about how do you pack a cooler using dry ice? You know, there's all these kind of things and they have all these guides. How to handle it safely is important. And I think that whenever you're handling or storing or using it, you should be wearing gloves. You know, do not put dry ice in any space that is not well ventilated, um, you know, or don't store it in an airtight container. Never leave dry ice unattended. It should always be kept out of reach of kids or dogs. Um and, you know, there's they're saying that, you know, there's definitely things that you want to use and not use. Don't don't drink it, I guess. Is right. The thing. So um, they're saying that there's it's got more co- co- cooling power and it looks great. But there's specific ones that you want uh, to use them for. So I just want to make sure that everybody knew that, that there's a hundred, there's lots of ways of doing it. But there's not places that um there's a, it's different. You don't just go and get like dry ice from a guy and then be like, put this in the drinks. You know, they're specific. <laughs> Have you ever served drinks with dry ice like or made a punch or not me? Um, but I there are, uh, you know, I mean, Chino Latino used to do that all the time. Yeah. They had also remember the uh, roasted guinea pig. Oh, the cooey. Yeah. 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 And, you know, that's. That's uh that's that's a thing. <laughs> I wish you could have seen our producer Lexi's face when I said roasted guinea pig. She was like, "Wait, what?" I lived yeah. in uh, Ecuador for a month and a half, and they served it. Yeah, okay. Actually, so I've actually had it before, but yeah, it's not terrible. It's not. It's uh-uh. that's why I was like, it's it sort of like, like chicken. It's just. I mean, again, I keep going back to this thing where it's like. If you saw a cow in the wild and you'd never seen a cow before, you would probably think, I'm not eating that. That's weird. Yeah, that then, is a good analogy. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's that's the thing is just because we haven't tasted something before. It's, uh, you know, it's hard to, like, make sure that we all respect all that stuff. So um, there are different things for dry ice things that I wanted to make. If you're thinking about, like, other things you can do, like the spirulina, you know, like doing like the glitter, I think is better than dry ice to make things cool. Have you seen that? And I'm almost sure you have, but I was at the Bloody Mary Festival with Nick Kosevich and they have this uh, gold uh, bottle that you can buy that yeah. makes your drinks gold and sparkly. Yeah. The, it looks all fantastic. of that stuff is so, I feel like that's way better than, you know, trying to mess with dry ice, which yep. will, if it's more than a one inch chunk. It could get real weird. Um, but, you know, I also think that there, another thing to do is to do it in a smoky thing. You know what I mean? Like, if you can, like, consider about, like, smoking a piece of, uh, like, like taking a dried piece of rosemary and lighting it. Uh-huh. And, like, having that be sort of like your garnish for your drink. That's very cool to me, you know? Yep. Like, to have that be sort of the way you do things instead of worrying about doing dry eyes at home. Um you know, that's just sort of one of those cool things. I think if you're doing a batch, having it like having like smoked incense things around it, but without having to be in the drink is also kind of gives you that sense of it. Yep. Your drink itself doesn't have to smoke in order to be a cool thing, I think. No. And like layered drinks are fun or this. OK, this is a kid's one. And I know you're talking about adult cocktails, Let's but you could make this a, in a pumpkin. You put a pint of ice cream and then rip your float. So root beer, and then you stir it up and it makes like this frothy, creamy kind of mash. Mm -hmm. But you could also put like root beer flavored little schnapps in there and some liquor. Yes, why not? I know for sure. There's, um, I think that there's, uh, as far as like doing a batch thing, 
and making sure that to me, the other side of it is like, just leave the things on the side, like leave your booze on the side so that it can be for everybody. If you have, especially like these kind of parties that people are going to these Halloween parties are all kind of multi-generational yes. anyway. And so, you know, you have kids and you have adults and everyone's running around. And so it's just as easy to make a batch punch, you know, and then leave your bottles on the side and let everyone doctor it like they want to. I think we're going to see, and I, I was going to put this as a segment for possibly um, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think this holiday season, we're going to see more mocktail and low alcohol and no alcohol versions yeah. of things. I think there's something to say about, you know, one well, here's, and this is what's worse too, is that I literally think that I just want it the way I want it. <laughs> and so having that custom moment to like, change the punch like I want it versus like when you make it so, so boozy. And then like when people think that they're doing you the favor by over boozing something, they're like, this will be great. And you're like, this tastes like crap. Booze. (laughs) Um, you know, you did something recently this week on your somewhere that I saw where it was a martini tray. That was coming back. Yeah. And that was at Blondette. And that was the same idea of, and there's those martini trays. You guys are all over the country. Everyone is doing them in different cities. You can see them on different you know, Instagrams and stuff, but they had one at red rabbit too. Did they really? Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's, it's a trend that's happening. It's sort of bringing back that. And actually at the apostle, they were doing that martini cart. I mean, the martini had a huge summer, a huge summer. And I think they're bringing it now into the winter and doing it a little bit more custom. And the way that they do it at Blondette, I think is so interesting. It's like you get your martini and it's perfectly cold and shaken and everything else. There's a little side of a carafe of, uh, you know, it's sitting in an ice. So there's the over, you know, the overpour of the martini. And then they gave you a little eyedropper full of olive brine. So you can make it as dirty as you want. And then they had a side of garnishes, which was olives, onion, and a twist. You can decide which goes in and how it goes. Fun. Yeah. And so I think everybody loves a martini the way that they love it. And you can choose to make it how you want. But I do think the customizing of things. I also think that people are so much more savvy when it comes to constructing a drink. And a lot of that may have been because we were making cocktails during the pandemic. I think you're totally on to something there. And that there's, it may be that because we've all, our craft, you know, uh, liquor scene has really, you know, really bloomed locally too. And so we really understand the difference between a local, we, we buy locally made craft spirits and then we want to appreciate them. And so we care for them instead of just pouring a couple glugs of Jack Daniels into something, yeah. right? So I think that there's something to say about having your drinks be, you know, able that people can construct their own at your party also takes a lot off of your plate. Let's be clear on that. Right. Yeah. Um, But I also think that if you want to do, you know, making uh, having it like be a mimosa bar or a Bloody Mary bar, all those. We always love that. We love bars. Yeah, we love bars and letting people do all that kind of stuff. So that's nothing new, but it's always, you know, remember it's it's a it's a wise thing to do. So also then people can choose and they don't have to feel like they're not. I always think if people are not drinking and they don't want to really talk about that, they're not drinking to everybody. They don't. It doesn't look like they're not drinking. Yeah, because I ever uh, I read about this woman who's not drinking and she's like, I don't have to answer why I'm not drinking. Don't ask anybody why they're not drinking, guys. Yeah. Just let them have what they're having. Yeah. Might as well ask you why you are drinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you trying to hide? Yeah, what is what, what are you dealing with you in your life? Up? I know. All right, I'll stop screaming. We'll be right back with Locals to Love on the Weekly Dish. All right, we do have Locals to Love, but before, (laughs) I want to tell you about some recipes. Okay, let's talk about some recipes. Uh, One recipe I want to see if you have thoughts about it. Do you have thoughts about goulash, Stephanie? 
Only from a perspective of, I feel like goulash was only in my life in a, a school cafeteria. Okay, because there was also a pretty popular version of the hamburger helper of goulash, where it was the goulash is essentially elbow macaroni, well, tomatoes. Here's the thing, though. I mean, and like, and this is where we get to the point of like goulash is obviously a derivation of something that's Central European. Yes, you know what I mean. Meat, meat, meat casserole. Right, meat hot dish. It's meat a, stew. It's from Hungary. It's a, you know, it's a basically like a, yeah, like a casserole, I yep. guess. It, so it has. But it's funny. We've, I don't even, I wonder what the real word is like goulash. Look you it know? up. I know. It is, there is a base of, it always has paprika. I like smoked paprika, paprika or spicy paprika. But basically what you do is you're going to make some onions. You're going to make some garlic. Then you take a can of tomato paste and you cook that down with the onions and the garlic so that the tomato paste loses that kind of tinny taste yeah, and gets a little more um, rich. Then you add yeah. a can of chopped tomatoes and stir that. Then you add tomato juice or stewed tomatoes that are thinner. So you might have to add a little water to it. Four cups. Then you add your... Um, your you've already cooked your ground beef. Sorry, I should have started. You start with your ground beef, then yeah. you add your onions, then you add your garlic, then you add your paprika yeah. and your smoked um tomato paste. So you get all this going in this pot and then you put your elbow macaroni in there and then you cover it. And the elbow macaroni cooks in the tomatoey juices. Sure. And you get like this one pot meal. My mom used to make this all the time. Did she really? Yeah. And it was a very and it's a very affordable meal. Yeah, because a pound of a pound of hamburger, by the way, recently was ten dollars that I bought. I was like, wow, that's a lot. OK, a pound, a pound of hamburger was ten bucks. Wow. Organic grass fed. Hamburger. OK, well, organic grass fed. Yes. But even like the non like the normal stuff was seven. Huh. So that and then uh, the elbow macaroni is like two bucks a box. And then you have your tomato things. And I had all the tomato things left from the garden. But you know, you can really feed like it made like six portions pretty handily. So it's an inexpensive meal. Yeah. So I made it. I had all the stuff on hand and it was a Sunday night and Kurt looked at me and said, what are we having for dinner? And I was like, goulash. Goulash. <laughs> oh, my God. So I put a recipe together for it. You can serve it uh, finished with cheese on the top and broil it, which we did. But yeah. you we didn't always have that with cheese when we were a kid. No, no, I feel like it always had like a little sprinkling of parm on top. It's actually the the origin says that it dates back to the ninth century stews eaten by Hungarian shepherds. And it was cooked, uh flavored meat was dried with the help of the sun and packed into bags. Um, you know, basically needing only water to make it into a meal. So it kind of like was a one pot thing yeah. even then. Um, they did not uh, include paprika, the earlier versions, as it was not introduced to Europe until the 16th century. Right. That but was it, brought over by the yeah Christopher Columbus. I if know, you right? That. That's that's actually the story <laughs> the, that I always want to talk about. But the word uh, goulash kind of comes from herd of cattle in it's herdsmen or cowboy. So this is the same. I mean, like, is this any different than chili? Really? It's just a different flavorful way of doing chili. Kind of like it. Cincinnati chili where you put the spaghetti on the spaghetti. But noodles. I mean, the pasta wasn't a part of it either. I mean, I think that's an American der- derivation. Could be. It looks like. 
Um, so I have a recipe for it. Yeah. I'll put it up. It was quite delicious and an inexpensive way if you need to get some food on the table and you're watching your pennies. Yeah, it was mostly beans. Okay, anyway, sorry. That's okay. Um, we I think I talked about this last week, spinach salad. And sometimes, you know, we eat all these rich, rich foods. And I've been doing Crocktober. And one of the best things to use your Instant Pot for is to do eggs. So I made a warm bacon dressing that was delicious. So I wrote a recipe for that. Uh, I started out the show telling you about the salted caramel apple bars. Yep. These are really easy because you are making the base layer is like a shortbread crust that you're just pressing into the pan. So you're not having to roll out any dough. Yep. Um, and then you put the caramelized apples on top and then you put a like streusel top on that and then finish it and glaze it with a little bit of caramel and hit it with a little bit of sea salt I'm very excited to serve these tonight because they were a home run. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, I did make a cocktail. Are you a Boulevardier person? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't tend to order them, but I mean, I like them. I think I'm going to start to order them more. Okay. Because it feels like kind of a fallish cocktail. Sure. That feels of the moment. Mm-hmm. I really do like Campari. I like the sweeter version. I like Aperol. I like bittery things. So this is uh, Knob Creek, who's our sponsor on the show, but it's a bourbon, sweet vermouth, Campari, little orange twist, and it's a simple cocktail. You usually have it with one ice cube. Yeah. And I just feel like it's a good fall drink. Yeah, not bad. Another drink that I have up is the apple cider cocktail. Have you ever had this? So it's apple cider plus uh, vodka. And you can use rum or bourbon or other things. In this case, I was making it for my sister, so I used vodka. (coughs) Apple cider, vodka, soda water, and lime. Okay. And by adding the soda water to the apple cider, it makes it kind of like a fallish Moscow mule, as it were. Sure. And she was like, this is great, because she loves a good Moscow mule. You could, again, change it and change it up with a little whiskey, a little bourbon, a little rum. If I was adding some of the darker liquors, I might go a little lighter on the soda water. But I do think that's important to give it kind of that, not such a cloying, sugary, cidery. You know how sometimes when you drink cider, you get that like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's too sweet. Yep. So there's a recipe for that. And then you asked me about this recipe, and I got real excited about it. I love chicken noodle soup. And, you know, we usually make chicken noodle soup at our house with the um, ricer's egg noodles that are in the freezer section. Have you ever used those? No, I don't buy egg noodles usually. Okay, so these are frozen noodles that are already prepared and you just pour them into the soup. So they're fresh noodles because they're frozen, so not dried. Correct. Okay. And they're really good and they're chewy and thick and kind of like tastes like a homemade noodle. Yeah. So that's typically what we've done at our house when we make chicken noodle soup and my sister does it that way too. But you can make your own egg noodles really easily. And you can finish them in your Instant Pot or your Crock Pot just by rolling out your dough and just like, they don't have to be perfect because they're just these like rough, rugged kind of noodles that are going to cook in the soup, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you roll out your dough, you make your noodles, and then you have to let them rest a little bit, but then you add them to your slow cooker and you cover it and you cook for 30 minutes and they kind of all bubble along on the top. Like a biscuit would. Yeah, okay. Um, And then you stir them in, and you've got this sort of homemade-y, rough, rugged noodle. Yeah. 
that is homemade. Okay. So, yeah, I was just never getting the twisting. You know what I mean? Like mine, like I don't have like kids, unless you have an extruder, it feels like you can't get them twisted. Like the picture you had. You're probably, those were rolled. So if you, you can twist a noodle where you have your long strand and you cut them into like two inch portions and then you twist them and leave them and let them sit out and dry out. That's one way. But that you don't get a big twist. You get like a, a bend, let's say, or a bend or two. Okay. If you want to actually have like more of a roll, you would roll up the sheet and cut them into like ribbons. Okay. That's how you're getting in that picture what you're seeing is a ribbon that's rolled. Oh. Huh. If you want like a real twisty noodle, like a... I'm not talking like a rotini or anything or like a fusilli. No. Because those are extruded. What are those called though? I know the ones you're talking about. Like it's almost like it's a two inch noodle that has like a two or three bend in it. But that's just the egg noodles is what I think of them. Yes. Right? Yep. Do you ever use those like super wide egg noodles? Like I said, I don't buy egg noodles. Oh, I we kind of do. I know. I'm. It's interesting. I'm just sitting here realizing I don't know if I've ever bought egg noodles. I, I don't use, make stroganoff. And yeah. if I'm making if I'm making pasta, if I'm making like a soup, a chicken noodle soup, I almost if I have a bot noodle, it's gonna be like a farfalle, or it's gonna be the little bow ties, you yep. know. And I'm gonna do those or the rotinis, and those are all. Yep. Those are all extruded. Those aren't. But I'm. But for me. I remember when I was making my pastas and I was doing, I do linguinis or I'll do like, you know, mostly I do like tortellini and ravioli. I'm more of a stuffed girl. And I'm afraid of those. I, that's all I do technically. And then, but I did try with my pasta to do like a curl and it didn't work out for it's me. It's not going to stick probably. It didn't stay. Yeah. And so I didn't know if it was like that. And then now I'm trying to decide if that was an egg because I needed the egg noodle piece of that like did i need a different consistency or did i not dry it the right way you and like them, if you, you dry it but then the when you put them in i've never dried my fresh pasta i always just make it and then eat it yeah so i'm i'm gonna be on the journey for this this winter i'm and gonna figure rugged. this out right and they're rugged like they're not they're rough like it's like a rough cut noodle like but mine it looks aren't homemade. rough because i cut them like there's no rough edges and they're, I put them through the pasta maker, so they're, yeah, they're they're wonderful. But I mean, and so the, I just was trying to figure out how to make them twist without. And if you guys know an extruder is when you as a as a machine that you attach to either your like a, Cuisinart mixer, yeah. Cookie. But it basically, yeah, it basically spritzes yeah. these noodles. But the way that it it forms them gives them the, them the shape. Okay, here's a weird twist. What if you, you know, there's a attachment for the spritz that's the star yeah. that looks like the starry snake? Mm-hmm. That might be a good noodle That'd in a chicken too, noodle soup. Might be too dense, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing is like that almost gets to dumpling territory. Which is also good. Yeah, I'm not against a dumpling, but like, <laughs> interesting. Someone, I'm just um, totally sciencing all this out in my mind, so. Uh, you can also, if you're not a noodle person, like you can buy um, those frozen ricotta. Or not ricotta, excuse me. Gnocchi. Gnocchi. Frozen gnocchi and throw those in your soup too. Those are just in the aisle. They have those shelf-stable gnocchi. I have two packs of those in my fridge. Do you eat those a lot? I don't. I had them for part. I have that as like a, in case something goes awry. If you mess up a dinner and you're like, oh my God, you can always pan fry brown butter, sage, brown butter and anything and some gnocchi. And then that is, that will make people happy. Like it fills them up because it's hearty, makes them feel like you're feeding them something. It's an easy win. I was explaining to Steph, we got home last night and I was still hungry. And this is, that's, I always make noodles in that situation. 
I fried up some bacon. I had some zucchini. I had some garlic. Get all that in a pan so the bacon's crispy. And then I got some sauce or some water together and I threw in some penne. I took a half a cup of the liquid out of the penne while it was boiling. I took a half of a log of goat cheese and stirred it into the penne when the penne was done. So it started to get like creamy and stroganoffy a little bit. Then I added the liquid back in. So now I've got like a sauce and then I threw in that cooked bacon, zucchini, garlic situation with thyme, stirred it all up. I might have ate too much because I woke up in the middle of the night with massive amount of heartburn, but it was delicious. There it is. That's I always make pasta in that meal where you have nothing. Yeah, I'm more of like, I'll just sit down and eat like (laughs) the crackers and whatever meats and cheeses I have. Yeah, that's my do not eat crackers and cheese, but that is the... That is the handy meal that lots of people oh, fall back on. Oh, it's so easy. On. I fall back on it a lot. My sister does that, too. And my stepmom, too. I never right. eat crackers and cheese. I just eat crackers and butter. I like that, Which too. brings us back to butterboards. We gotta go. All right. Locals to love when we come back on The Weekly Dish. All right. Well, this has been a really spooky show. <laughs> That's it. I think we... Do totally. we have someone on the line, Lexi? It could be just be... No. Okay, okay. Could just be hungover. Hey, I did want to say there was a there was a tweet out. Uh, did I already say this about not drinking too much? No, I didn't. Tread lightly with that aloe juice. We talked about the aloe juice, the frozen okay. aloe juice earlier. That apparently too much can cause serious diarrhea. Oh, so wow. let's have that as a warning, a bookend, a warning on that. So if you are thinking about getting some aloe for the health benefits we talked about, tread cautiously. Yes. It's a good idea. Okay, yeah, because we don't want any of the uh, magic to happen. Right, right, um, right. Apparently, I don't, our friend Jay just let us know that they're doing classes on pasta at the Bungalow Club. Oh, great. Um, so that's fun. That's always fun. Yeah, and we talked, there are a lot of class type things to be involved in, and someone was looking for a holiday gift. Yeah. Um, classes are always a great holiday gift, a gift certificate, super fun. I did a class at the Abundant Kitchen yeah. in Buffalo. First of all, Buffalo is real cute. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know there was Buffalo Lake. I My dad I, used to live there. Stephanie, last weekend, I channeled you because I drove from Buffalo to Chanhassen. I drove through Orono. I was in all of these fields where I saw a lot of Scott Burke signs. Uh, it was just, I, I like had never been out West like that before through all these farm fields, through these orchards. Like it was just a beautiful drive. That's, that's my, that's my area. I and love Buffalo that. was really great. The abundant kitchen, there's a location in Excelsior and a location in Buff location in Buffalo. Really cute store. Yeah. Carries a lot of Minnesota makers and just fun stuff. Um, Sarah sent us a little note saying, love hearing you guys talk about Halloween treats. Just discovered you can dye marshmallows and did this. Oops. Shoot. Did this to make uh, to make them a little bit more festive. She did she, her mom's recipe, which has butterscotch chips, peanut butter melted in, more festive. But she did these like it was it's like orange marshmallows. Yeah, super cute. So cute and like yellow and all sorts of. Fun and you stuff. can buy Rice Krispies that are orange. Yeah, but you just like throw them into. She's like you put them in the coloring, the food yeah. coloring for a little bit, and they turn. Beautiful colors. That, well, those would work great in your candy corn yeah. uh, pot, uh, peanut situation. She's Vintage Dish and Tell on Instagram. Oh, she's the best. Oh, great. If she you guys it. haven't followed her, her recipes, she does vintage recipes. She does vintage dishware. She's real cute. I'm a big fan of hers. Okay, just follow her back. All right. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, foodist Halloween costumes. Yeah. So I was thinking like if you guys are looking for your last minute moments or you're thinking about, I feel like there might be. 
a lot of people dressed up as Carmi from the bear. You know, cute. How would you do you it? You know, it's just a white t-shirt, a pair of black pants, and if you want to wear your Crocs or whatever, and then a blue apron. Like, and then you have to wear have crazy messy hair and maybe look like you're hungover. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, did you? I think Crocs are back in a big way. Of course. Yeah. Are you experiencing this? I mean, I'm not experiencing it in oh, terms of like Craig I'm not at the wearing Lexington, them. who's the manager, literally had a suit on and orange Crocs. Yeah. Well, that's that's a thing. <laughs> I mean, like that's cute. Yeah. No, they're high fashion. I don't know how and why, but they are. Um, but in nonetheless, in the kitchen, they're still use, you know, like you make, you could use like the dance go clogs or whatever, but right. don't go spending 70 bucks on dance go clogs is my point. Um, but you could also be, this is what I thought would be funny. You could be a Chicago beef sandwich and you could almost dress like if it, this would be like, you have to wear like a Chicago, um, like a flag or something, you know, like the flag okay. with the four stars and like the, and you could drink, like have a little thing of Malort. And you could just be yelling at people. Oh my god! Like you have Chicago beef. Like it's your beef. Esoteric Stephanie March costume. And I'm not the only one. Like a panda was controls. What? I don't know what Malort is. Listeners, I just want to know how you feel about that statement. Is it whiskey? No, Malort. It's that totally Jepson's Malort. Have you really never been on the show when we've been talking talking about. about Malort? No. Oh my God, Malort is well. Now I'm going to bring it is to this your a party for tonight. Next week? No, because I've done the same. Because Malort is this really horrible liquor that is Chicago based that people drink, and like it's it's really bad, and yet people drink it, and it's sort of this thing where you like have a sip of it, and you. And now I'm thinking you were gone for Malort week, so it was. Uh, it's, it's is it Voldemort or it's, it's like it? No, it's Malort, and it is. Uh, there's a the saying, of course, is like their taglines are famous. It's like Malort when you want to unfriend someone in person. You know, it's like Malort when you really want to fight your dad. You know, oh, this, this, that's funny. It's, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, okay. Speaking of weird, like regional things, you have been in Wisconsin a time or two. In Door County, they shoot bitters. Yeah. There's a bitters club. Yeah. Like all night long, as I'm sitting at this bar, these people walk in yeah. and they ask for a shot of bitters. Yeah. And it apparently originated during Prohibition when they couldn't make like alcohol, but they could make bitters. Yeah. So people in the town were drinking bitters and there's a club called the Bitter Club Mm -hmm. and people belong and they literally have a shot glass full of Angostura bitters. Yes, I know. This feels like Malort. Oh, God, no. Oh, Malort is so much worse than Angostura. <laughs> Angostura is kind of lovely. And bitters is like, you know, it's like an herbal and it's got a it's little herbaceous, bit of... It's herbaceous. Yeah. Like, kind of more is, like a chartreuse, maybe, yeah, if you're going to shoot yeah. it. No, Malort, now you're going to... Unfortunately for you, you're going to have to drink Malort tonight. And I'm going to have to take a video of your face. I don't so. know. Yeah, you are. Gosh, because I yep. made you do the chips. So nope. it's just like you're haunting gonna have to me. do it. Yeah, I made Stephanie do the Pocky Hot Chip Challenge. Yeah. So... Oh, but yep. okay. It's your turn. It's oh, your turn, boy. friends. Ellie will be there. Maybe she'll do it in my place. No. Can I? What no. is it called when you set up? A, could ever be my tribute? No, she's not allowed to do a volunteer as tribute. No. All right. Other things going on tonight. Of making sure if you guys, Boom Island is doing Harry Potter weekend. All they've tra- transformed their uh, tap room into like Hogwarts. Cool. So they're doing HP beer releases. They've got butter beer flights. They've got all sorts of stuff. I think Good Pills has got the fun stuff happening. Yep. They are doing. Um, they showed Lost Boys last night. Tonight they have the Haunted Forest. They've got horror trivia. They've got, you know, costume contests, all sorts of stuff. Um, Brother Justice is doing All Hallows Eve. They've got the Cabaret, which is just like 
stories being told with fire dancers and music and all sorts of crazy cool. things. Um, and they've got a costume contest. I think I'm going to be up there for that. They have drink specials, all sorts of good stuff. Um, by the way, happy birthday to Town Hall Brewery, who is 25 years old this weekend. I mean, that's a huge thing for a brewery, 25 years old. Yes. So they are uh, doing, they've got uh, at 3 p.m. today, they're doing outdoor grilling. They've got special beer releases, firings, food specials. I'm going to tell you, I love their pumpkin ale that they are having this weekend. Okay. There it is. Fun. Ciao, ciao, everyone. We'll be back next week.